From the Mount Smart faithful to the bandwagon supporters and everyone in between, we share a special bond. The Warriors. And who better to talk about the team we love than a bunch of nobodies? Let's go, because this is Warriors Anonymous. Abracadabra, welcome to Warriors Anonymous for another week. It has been the magic ground and oh boy, <laughs> there's been a little bit of magic going on uh, in the magic ground and, and since the magic ground as well. Uh, my name is Jerry Cronin. Let's bring in the boys. Uh, Money the Sauce is still on uh, HIA, so uh, we'll be out for another week. Um, but we do have the lads. Isaac Sauce, Saucy, how are you, bro? Oh, yeah. All good. All good. Magic round. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't they it feel like magic? Anything that <laughs> it's the referees. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, dear. Uh, we've also got Daniel Fadakura. Hey, what the hell are you, bro? Good, it's Fano. Pretty good, actually. Yeah. Watched a little bit of footy on TV. Didn't get to go to Magic Round, so we'd love to hear how that went, my bro. Oh, bro, man. It was it was awesome, man. Like, I, I just did the fly-in, fly-out for the Saturday. Um, cause I'm all business. I'm all warriors boys. Um, but, uh, went along, uh, Saturday morning, straight off the plane, straight over to the Lord Alfred hotel. Uh, I'm not sure if you boys have seen the latest, um, video from, from the warriors just talking about that event. They had a bit of footage from, you know, from the bar and that, and man, it was, it was awesome, man. Rocked up. Uh, I'm across the road from the bar, not really knowing. I've been to that bar before, so I'm sort of looking for any kind of guidance as to where to go. I look up the top layer, uh, top level of this bar, and all I can see is just Warriors jerseys all along there. All these people all kitted out, and I was like, that's where I need to go. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, head up there. Um, uh, meet Ruin Hammer, uh, boys from, uh, you know, from Ruin Hammer. Um, so, yeah, had a good, good chat to them. Uh, I'd met Mark before, uh, Hammer. Uh, but I hadn't met Rue, um, so I met him at the event. Um, and then, yeah, like, just ran into all sorts of people. Um, saw Christian Catley was up there. Um, Rez Makiha was there from Warriors Uncut. Um, oh, also, the who's who! The oh, who's who of content creation! It was, it was great, man. Like, they even had, um, oh, there was Hold the Ball um, was there, uh, the, the YouTube follower. Um, I've also hit him up as well to, to come on to the the pod at some time because um, he's uh, he's good value uh, and even the warriors had their um you know social media and content team there their podcast guys and videographers people taking photos and all this shit and uh, and that was before old um alpha um robo turned up um cameron george was there a few of the old boys as well tuki um tuki. jason uh, dr deuce um <laughs> Dr. D. and uh, and also uh kevin campion um so oh, yeah ah. champion. so there was heaps of stuff going on there was prizes getting given away uh everyone was just having a good old you know good yarn and a good laugh i met a really uh, a couple of really cool fans there as well of what we're doing uh ran into bjorn up there um he's man he's a good man bjorn he's uh he commented on um on our our first youtube video uh ages ago and i took ages to get back to him but he he loves what we're doing so shout out to you bjorn um you bought me a drink as well Shut he's her. a good man oh even better oh Bro, it, was, it was cool Please. um so yeah got up uh, as well they they uh they got us up to just all chat about you know what we're doing with our different content we're creating in it so 
just got up and yelled out a few words um, because the old <laughs> the old microphones weren't working at that point. So um, so yeah, so we got up and then yeah, then we just trundled up Caxton Street from there um, up to the game and yeah, then in you know the game itself, um, you know, I really enjoyed it. Um, I was probably about I don't know about nine vodka sodas deep at this point and. Yeah, <laughs> hydrating had a good view of the game yeah that's right drinking uh responsibly um had a good view of it and yeah just just enjoyed the whole sort of buzz you know good crowd like thirty eight thousand people there for the warriors game um obviously you know the result was what it was but um then stuck around for maybe about the, maybe the, i think the first half of the dolphins turns up um and yeah went a little bit crazy yelling for old uh, big Val Meninga. Um, so, yeah, so it was, it was cool. And then just, yeah, a couple of bars on the way back, nearly missed my flight coming back. Won't tell the wife that because she, she was telling me off for nearly missing flights. But, um, yeah, it was, it was mean. So 100% would recommend. Fucking the crowds were just massive. Um, but, man, I, I really like Brisbane itself is really cool because I'm used to, like, you know, the Sydney kind of full-on pace. Um, and also I know what it's like in Wellington. I know what it's like in Auckland. And I feel like even Brisbane is, you know, more chilled out than, than even Auckland. You know, it's like, it's kicked back a bit more relaxed. And I'm like, I like this. I like this place. So, um, so it was a good setup. So quick question, quick question. So there's chat, obviously magic around it's contracted through till 2024 in Brizzy. And there's chat about it moving around post that. New Zealand's being touted as an option as well. But uh, based on being there, is it one of these things like, if it's not broken, don't fix it? It's Yeah, it's, it's a great fit. It is a really great fit. Uh, it's set up beautifully for it. Hmm. Like, I remember in days gone by when they used to have the Sevens in Wellington. And I thought that was a good setup because you kind of, you could kind of go, it was like a running a bit of a gauntlet going to and from the stadium there. You go to the bars and then go to the stadium and then go back through the bars and make your way into town. Um, whereas for Magic Ground, bro, like just everything is just pretty much right there. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, taxi anywhere or go anywhere else. Um, so in that sense, it's, it's great. Uh, it's a great setup. Awesome stadium, obviously um great weather as well usually uh luckily mm-hmm. I, didn't, I wasn't there for sunday when it pissed down um but yeah all in all i think it's i think it's pretty good it's it's strong if you can find a an alternative that's better than it then you know all power to you um yeah. but yeah that's that's kind of yeah I've, I've been really impressed both times that i've been yeah um yeah. there's so. talk of maybe perhaps a second magic round in a season as well yeah which um, would be awesome. I think, obviously, they talk New Zealand, but I just don't know if we could do it justice for a whole round. But I just wonder whether there's like a day or a, like a full three games in one location day type of thing. How, how good that would be, you know, mm-hmm. if the Warriors played whoever, the two other two other games, so you had six teams there, three games, one whole day. Oh, yeah. The triple I mean, cheeseburger. Yeah, that'd just be enough, wouldn't it? Imagine having that at the stadium on a Saturday, you know, or Auckland, or. I mean, uh, even thinking in that sense, both, both the stadiums in Auckland, like Mount Smart and Eden Park, 
I would probably rule both of them out because they're not sort of they're quite disconnected in terms of where they are. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah, I may this may be a little bit of unconscious bias, but uh, <laughs> a place like Wellington Speaking would actually be quite well, uh, you know, ready for an event like that, uh, weather permitting. <laughs> Got experience with like the sevens and stuff like that, right? So it's probably the best stadia to manage that, right? To, mm. You know, because you get a good number. What can you get? Thirty. Five thousand in a push. Yeah. You've got hospo all around the edges. You could hospo down the, the concourse. The only thing you can't control is it could be two hundred fifty fifty knot winds. So you know, <laughs> or weather could be all bit over the place. But maybe if you did it early in the season, perhaps. Yeah. Um, Opening round. You can yeah. you can plan a pretty picnic, but you can't predict the weather. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Sorry, Miss Jackson. Ford. <laughs> <laughs> you were it HIA. <laughs> Never meant to get outside. <laughs> Never meant to drop my hip but down. Oh, all right. Food for thought. Yeah, definitely, definitely need to get the magic, magic round there, eh? Oh, man, I'd, I'd recommend the day. Um, I mean, even thinking, I don't know, this, this may be again slightly unconscious bias because I'm. Well, I can actually see Allianz Stadium from where I live, so I'm like, it'd be kind of cool to, to try it there and see what that's like. Um, save the uh, save the travel, so maybe nearly missing the flight <laughs> again. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it'd be interesting interesting to see how they manage that. Um, and I'd be I'd be all for an extra uh, magic round. Um, however, they want to try and work that um, because yeah, I think they're probably going to have to spend. <clears throat> excuse me um quite a bit of time um you know resurfacing <laughs> suncorp <laughs> she's always going to be the challenge always going to be the challenge and there was a bit of rain obviously on sunday which they weren't really but well, obviously maybe it was forecast i'm not sure but i know the first couple of days was pristine weather beautiful yeah yeah it was funny on the when the rain was coming down and the you know it was actually it was funny to see players actually getting mud on them you know it's like oh wow <laughs> This is a bit of a bit of a throwback, you know. Throwback. To, to years yeah. gone by. So um, now, uh, lads, uh, yeah, a bit of excitement has happened uh, since our game, uh, which was on Saturday. <laughs> uh, so we're going to start our uh, our show tonight with a uh, good short balls, and that is to describe the refereeing in Warriors games as anything. <laughs> so it's an open open category tonight, boys. Um, let's start with you, Isaac. How would you describe the refereeing oh. in Warriors games? No, start with Dan. Start with Dan. <laughs> let's, yeah, go, I, let's go to Buddha. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still stewing. Yeah. I've got I've got two. They they are sporting related, anyway. Um, so the first one is, and no disrespect to any of those individuals where the the appearance we're coaching them perhaps or approaching them in, in various situations, maybe selecting rep, t- rep teams uh, as well. But we all know there were a couple of kids that got selected ahead of other talented children just because <laughs> their mother, father, brother, whatever it may be, were, were in the mix. And at the same time, and when you were playing in those games, there were always uh, certain situations that just went their way because their parents, um, yeah, just unconsciously, Selected their own kid, so um, bit of nepotism, um, but yeah. Look, the, what now? I'm I, I I actively don't do that as a 
as a parent that coaches, mm. but I can see it actually, if anything, I feel sorry for my kids because I'd probably go the other way. Yeah. Yeah. You go one <laughs> or two ways, right? Like, you, yeah. yeah, you overcompensate. Like I can't do that. So like, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other one quick one I had was just basically uh, goes back to uh, first 15 rugby days, uh, probably more uh, particular family, uh, the Matiders as well. Every time we played, every time we played Newlands Fair Play Cup, uh, Scotty's brother Steve used to be on touch judge on the sideline. <laughs> the kick was into the corner, you know, into the five meters as well. He'd take it back to the 22 as well. <laughs> Blatant, obvious. Cheating, fair, cl- fair play, cuff, eh? He doesn't give fair a shit. Play eh? It's all coming out now, years it, it, after. It didn't mean shit. The years I was there, we never won. But anyway, <laughs> you know. And even when you you got the call, you were like, "Oh, that's that's rough." You know, it came off my hand. It's like, yeah, you guys line out, and they're like, "No, it's not." You're like, it, it, it touched me, but yeah. it's all good, lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those, are, those are a couple of beauties right there uh, Isaac have you uh, can you describe the, the refereeing in Warriors games uh, the refereeing in Warriors games to me because it's been going on I know the whole refereeing thing is a big issue but for me personally it just feels like it's been going on for decades literally for decades I mean since the dawn of the Warriors <laughs> inception um, so for me the refereeing is reminiscent this is a little bit uh, far-fetched like a, a horror movie or something like that where the unsuspecting uh hero is just walking along and then they do something a little bit silly and they get cursed by some like homeless old woman on the side of the street like your team will be cursed for the next two three generations or whatever and they're just like fuck you and then it starts happening and mm. it keeps happening and then just when you think the, at the end of the movie where the good guy is going to come out on top, something happens and they get, they're get they still cursed. So I feel like that with the Warriors refing. Just when you think we're, we're starting to get somewhere, uh, they pull us back. Nice. And so, yeah. That's nice. I like your boys' uh, interpretation of it too. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. Mine, my one's pretty boring and straightforward by comparison. Uh, I'm likening the uh, refereeing and Warriors games to the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Hmm. Explain how. It's crooked. <laughs> that's true plain and simple <laughs> plain and simple oy, oy, oy. Um, what are we going to do we probably need to talk about the big topic which this week isn't the game uh, we'll talk about the game of course but hold the Vodafone uh, because yeah uh, the one New Zealand CEO um, was it Jason Paris yep. came out swinging with some absolute fire that I don't know if any of us saw that coming at all. <laughs> Just kind of. Oh. oh, I saw some frustrations kind of come to a head. You know, obviously the groundswell is there as well. So it just had, it just took someone with, I guess, some, how would you put it? Um, got some clout. I mean, I think the NRL probably recognise they need major sponsors and clubs. So, you know, I mean, when donors talk back, they have to stand up and obviously take note, and defend the integrity of the game. But, you know, it's just different to the whole lot of fans moaning about it, right? And then also you don't want the, the draw the actual club itself as well, you know, anyone within the club as well. So it's probably just saying, every, saying what everyone's thinking to kind of 
put it on the table. And I kind of I, I liken it, but slightly different to when Todd Payton last year said uh, the less teams don't get the calls on the 50-50s, then there is an unconscious bias. And he would have got, I think, got fined. He would have got a big trouble for that. Um, but at least it puts this subject on the table. Yeah, that's exactly it. Because we were we were talking about it last week because the past couple of weeks have not been great um, as of the previous 20, 28 years. But um, like Isaac, how did you how did you feel? What was your reaction when you saw you know this this fiery statement coming out and just taking it to the the NRL and the officiating? I just laughed my ass off. That was it. It was just like someone yeah with a bit of clout. Uh, you know, as key stakeholder, uh, obviously, uh, one and Z in the Warriors, um, just to be able to come out and say something like that. And well, <laughs> what are the NRL going to do about it? It just, it just, for me, it puts it all you know, on the table. And this is our hand, so to speak, as Warriors fans and maybe the just the general public about what's going on with the Warriors. What are the NRL going to do? How are they going to react to this? You know, they're all about the integrity of the uh, the game, um, and obviously the the referees. But you know, are they going to take a good hard look at how they're they're refing these games, or are they just going to pretend like nothing's happening? Because mm. um, I can imagine if nothing, if the refing doesn't change, I mean, for the Warriors games, and you can argue that they. You know the bad calls are or aren't going against us. Um, Jason Paris might say something else somewhere down the track, mm. potentially. Yeah, I like that it has definitely put a spotlight on things. Um, and yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see exactly what happens this week against the Bulldogs. But um, this might be a little controversial, but I don't believe the calls that potent- that went you know to go against us. Um, all those ones, no, not every decision, not every call goes against us. I mean, that would be blatant, but the ones that, you know, in different weeks or different teams and different games, you know, the same day, but a different game, you know, yeah. tends to be the right call because it's the wrong call that we get a, you know, um, but I don't believe those calls amounted to us not winning games in the last three weeks. Yeah. I still think. In particular, oh, maybe except the Melbourne game, um, but there's other factors that contributed to the fact that we just mm. couldn't we couldn't um, sustain a, a performance. There was the whole bench gone, um, but maybe in the last two game, last two games, I don't think we did we did play enough, well enough based on the we played well, but we didn't have enough performance to beat those two teams, yeah, Roosters and Panthers. As I, well. so, yeah, I I, I kind of. Um... From where I was sitting, and I've watched the replay, watched it back as well on TV, but like, I didn't actually have a major problem with the referee um, for the Penrith game. Um, certainly, I thought the, the refereeing in the lead-up the past couple of weeks has been you know, uh, not great. I'm going to say poor um, at times. But I, I think also the thing that really annoys me in these games is I kind of give the referee a bit of leeway because they're out on the field and stuff just happens like that. You know, you either you see it or you don't. It's it's happening so quickly. What annoys me is when something happens, a guy will go down or something, 
and you know be like oh you know got hit in the face or, or whatnot and then they'll stop down for a, a minute or two and then they'll replay it and replay it and, and the bunker just sits on their hands and it's like mate what, what are you not seeing here like there's if there's a guy getting hit in the head where's our penalty for that um so that, that that's what kind of yeah I, I guess i've i feel a little bit for for old uh big red the uh the referee from the weekend um just because you know, I, I don't really want him to be carrying the can, nor the re- referees as such. But overall, the whole picture is is it's kind of not helping our cause. It's the choppy change stuff from like, okay, so you know, the last magic round was the crackdown head head touch and crackdown. So you touch someone's head, you're gone from the bin as well. You touch someone's head, you don't go to the bin anymore. So it's like, well, and I know things evolve, but it's like, well, you completely shift from that. And then you have the whole okay, and I don't. I'm not a fan of it's just a simple touch and someone's down waiting, waiting, waiting. Chip to review it, and then it's a penalty. Mm. But it's not instant. But surely there's enough in the process they're trying to do to say that is big contact. That is not big contact. Yeah. As well, um, I was all right with the Dallin one in the the face. You know, doesn't necessarily, but then it doesn't correlate. Doesn't correlate to is that the moment he got HIA'd? Mm. You know, so that's the thing that SJ would blow up about because it's like, well, that was that was cleared as contact, but now he's going on for off for an HIA. So if that caused an HIA, then why it's isn't that not a penalty? Yes. Mm. Yeah. You know, so it's the it's those things that they kind of make up, and then and then also the biggest thing that gets me is one week something is okay, the next week it's not. Yeah. And then one thing, you know, so the shoulder charge, you know, took Balanua last week. They for, they kind of forgot that shoulder charges existed. And now they bring and the shoulder charge happens again. And look, yeah. to be fair, it was a shoulder charge. But it's like, yeah. well, but last week he wouldn't he wouldn't have got pinged for it. Now he's getting pinged yes. for it. And so, and I mean also yeah. I think this was a bit more incidental as well. The like Adam kind of went in, but the guy sort of he, he couldn't quite get to him properly. And also the guy kind of bounced and sort of spun around, if you know what I mean. It wasn't really a follow through like boom, like the Bon Newell's one was last week. Yeah, that was arms down. Um, the Wanua's one versus Adams where its arms were kind of up and his own player had sort of gotten the way of him making a tackle. Mm. But then by the time the player had arrived to him, you know, his arms were kind of like away. Yeah. So it just kind of hit him more than I didn't hit him. Yeah. The only thing with Aladdin was he was fired up. So he had the intent, right? Because he, you know, it was kind of, I think it was around that time after the little bust up as well. And there, there must have been yeah. a bit of verbal going on. So I think... There's never a never night. Well, it's never going to go your way if you're looking, like you're looking to put that on. That makes sense, rather than it kind of being accidental. He was actually looking, seeking him out. He was seeking it out. Yeah. Back to that point about the whole refing thing, and I think as why as a fan we get frustrated is one that it has been going on for a long time. Um, just these calls that not it's not about the cause going against us it's about the it's about the cause not being explained as to why it's going against us yeah, yeah. um so the top one perfect example there was no shoulders you know by the rule book that's clearly a shoulder charge but wasn't looked at after the game if the refs had explained why that wasn't a shoulder charge yes. there might be a certain level of understanding from fans yeah. but we don't get that yeah. uh and so every week just seems something along the way happens to us and we don't get an explanation like hip drop, you know, blatant hip drop. We don't get the call. 
Jackson Ford's hip drop technically was a hip drop 10 minutes, but that's fine. That That is what it is. But then there's other hip drops that go on throughout the course of the game that there's just nothing being said. Mm. Another thing I have noticed as well is defending players running back through our defensive line, causing massive gaps. And then you have, I think it was Taruva. He just managed to split the line mm. untouched. Nobody sees a thing. Yeah. Refs, And my annoyance with that is when you show the replay, and we've seen it in the past few uh, a few weeks ago, the ref has got the ability to go back five minutes ago mm. to pull up a penalty because they did it to us. Yep. Why aren't we allowed that same sort of... Why don't we have that sort of allowance? There's only one caveat to the reason they can go back. It just it's has a stoppage to be, in play. Foul play. No, it has to, has, yeah. has to be foul play. It has to be uh, reportable. Has to be, play. has to be something they can put on report. Right. So okay. you could do something, but if it's not a reportable offence, they can't bring it back. Yeah, right. Fair enough. But I guess it's all those examples mm. of we just mm. don't know why as fans these thing, these things keep happening to us and maybe with a bit of an explanation it might cool our heads. Yeah. But we never get that satisfaction. Yep. There's no satisfaction. Yeah. The the thing um, that uh, even thinking about the Ed Cossey tackle, great tackle, man. Uh, that that just honestly set the crowd alight when he did that. Everyone was going bananas. <laughs> yeah. um, but watching the tackle... And how Crichton, his head, he got hit and then his head jerked forward and sort of hit the back of the shoulder or, or, you know, that kind of area. And all I could think about was last year when Montoya got up, did exactly the same thing to, um, I think, Kyle Felt or Peter Hiku, maybe. He hit him and his head goes forward uh, and, you know, and we get penalized for it. And Montoya ends up getting suspended because he, you know, said what he said afterwards. But it was, it was. I was just. I couldn't help but think of that. I was like, "Well, how how is that? You know, why why did we get completely ruined for that one time, and then this time, you know, nothing even happens? It's like, well, yeah, yeah. So they've evolved that, and I and I think I'd how would you put it? You've got to commend them for making that change because same thing happened when Josh Curran made that an amazing shoulder on shoulder hit and mm. against Melbourne. Yes, Reese Walsh's first game, and he gets put into the ten, and we're like. What? He didn't touch him, and it, but obviously the force meant that the head came forward and the chin hit his shoulder, mm. but not in not it wasn't the first contact; it was like yep. the secondary contact. But like those two years ago, that's how they were officiating it, and then I've learned, oh no, that's well, two things. I mean, I I don't think you can avoid any concussion issue because that whiplash is just going to happen. But it, but I don't think it's also a foul play. Mm. It's obviously a hard, hard tackle. Yeah. Um. So I, I credit where credit's due. Like they made the right call and they've changed that. Yeah. Cool. Because I don't think you can, you know, go those two, two calls in the last two years, which is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to see they've straightened it out. That's nice. Um. Isaac, what happens next in this saga of the, the CEO versus the NRL? Honestly, couldn't tell you, but um, it, it'd just be interesting to see what Ben Rowell's next move is. That's what, um, how this is all going to play out, whether they're going to stand their ground, which is they've got no real choice but to do that, but how they stand their ground mm. uh, and what potentially they could, what repercussions there could be for Jason Paris or what they could enforce on him or where they're going to take it, legal action here for the, the refs union or, or, or whatnot. But um, 
Yeah, yeah, it's be interesting to know. I mean, every Warriors fan will be listening out for for it. And I, I hate to say that maybe some of the lesser teams um, might be interested in what the refs come up with, the refs union or the NRL come up with in terms of um, the refereeing standard. Because you know, Dan's always brought this up as a good point that um, it seems the lesser teams get don't get the rub of the green that the the top tier teams get. And you know, Dan would has commented on on that heaps of times. So maybe other teams that come out of the woodwork and have their two cents worth, mm. you know, um, about the situation. That's why it's probably in the NRL's best interest to try and squash any kind of rebellion, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess from what I've seen, um, but I'll, I'll grab your thoughts on this too, bro. Um, from what I've seen, the union, the referees union and the NRL are just focusing on the C-bomb, the, the cheating word. And they're going hard at that. They're kind of, they're sort of zeroing in on that particular wording and not really addressing the general, um, you know, the crux of what was actually being said, if you know what I mean, um, about the inconsistencies, the constant shit that we have to deal with. Um, but you know, what are your thoughts on, you know, how they are going to attack it? I mean, it could be, you know, quite an expensive sort of exercise, uh, for, for Jason Paris, but did they, yeah. did he actually use the C word? Cheating. Yeah. 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 He said okay. something like it's cheating of the highest order. Or highest. Like okay. Well, order, yeah. he put it up there. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. I get, yeah, I guess that, um, that's a classic defense because at the end of the day, like, it's, it's like an argument with your wife. You say the wrong word. Regardless of who's right or wrong. Right. Because you said the swear word or you said something and the focus shifts to the thing that you know, like, damn, I lost the argument. But I had the argument. But I'm just under pressure. Anyway, so I think they'll, <laughs> they'll focus on that part. Um, because you know, like, I think we all know they don't get up in the – they don't go to work, do their job, blatantly 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 look to do that i think it just comes back to this unconscious bias and you know i think it's you know there is a little bit of use the term the word racism behind it you know it, you know there is something around the fact that um warriors and some of the lesser teams aren't part of the establishment aren't part of the you know nothing nothing can touch the broncos really you think about it because they are the cash cows you know they are yeah, the the beauty boys as well. Uh, the dolphins, you don't touch them because you've got Wayne to answer for as well. Um, and like, I don't, you know, I don't think they're, they're getting a thousand more calls than us. But you know, Wayne, you know, if you're wrong, Wayne, you know, it's in your mind, it's in the psyche. So they just got those, you know, the the dogs. They're having a rough run as well. Once they get back to it, it'll be the gold factor, eh? You know. So it's all those things. They just it's just natural unconscious bias when there's things that kind mm. of play at your mind. Yeah, it's easier to go under pressure. You know, point yeah. point you know to the favoured side. Um, but I also think um, they'll they'll just focus on the cheating part. But if anything comes of it, it just brings it up, and it makes. I hope to think it makes the referee organisation, the reunion, the referees just put a little bit more spotlight and provide more insight to what they're doing yeah. and, you know, accountable for their decision-making. Um, and that's all you can ask for. That's the big word, accountability. Uh, and I think transparency. And I've, I can't help but feel that 
they have brought a lot of this on themselves. Hmm. This is not a Jason Paris problem bringing this up. This is an NRL's problem for not getting that part of it right. They're not being transparent. They're not being accountable. So that feeling is just going to grow and grow and fester and, and eventually something like this is going to happen. So um, I think the NRL needs to look at what they're not doing rather than try to justify what they are doing, if you know what I mean. Correct me if I'm wrong, last season, season I haven't heard this season, but in previous seasons, they were dropping referees eh, who had poor games. Mm. Yeah, and then so Annesley would review the game. Obviously, the calls they didn't get right as well. If there was a certain threshold of dis, yeah, poor decision-making between them, the bunker, the collective, those officials would get stood down. Like It's a performance environment for them as well. So mm. you, know, you shouldn't get selected just week on week, regardless how good bad or indifferent you're doing mm. so that's what i would i'd love to see that like i mean it might diminish the quality of the of the next week officiating but like if you've got people who are make you know and they are humans and they're like players they're underperforming making mistakes they need to work go back and work on that we all do yeah with that being said, if more refs get dropped on a regular basis due to poor performance, doesn't that open up the doors to other refs to come in and step into the breach? And then over a period of time, there wouldn't necessarily be a drop in standard um, for refing because they know that if they do fuck up, there's someone ready and waiting in the depth chart to take their spot mm. the next week. Um, maybe it's not having that fear of being dropped that allows them just to go, oh, well, I fucked up next week. Sorry, Graham. You're all good. Pat, pat, pat. Go do better next week. Mm. You know? Because, again, as a, me as a Warriors fan, always feels like we get the 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 rough the rough part of the refing. They go, oh, sorry. We'll, we'll do better next week. And they do better next week. But it happens to us far too often mm. in my eyes. Yeah. So maybe if there is some depth in the, the refing uh, ranks, put someone high alert to be on your best behavior, not be on your best behavior, but ref to your highest standard because, you know, it is one of the toughest jobs in the game to ref, ref a game of league, but they have to have, um, if they're expecting standards of the players, they have, have to have standards themselves. And that's right. Like, I mean, I look at even, yeah, match review committee and judiciary quite heavily. Like the, the inconsistencies among that, that's often even more baffling because you just see stuff that just, doesn't make sense and it's not even in game you're just making decisions after the game you're reviewing everything thoroughly and still shit to us as fans we're like how the hell you know does this make sense um in terms of how things are, are operating um yeah you, know, you think back to like the Suwali um late shot on chance that never got anything uh, and then within a couple of weeks you know guys are getting two three four weeks on the sideline for for lesser seemingly lesser um offenses but uh yeah also i mean there's a good point there isaac because in terms of the you know the players there's a certain standard but i mean you know you'd never <laughs> you never see the next um uh, superstar ref making a debut at 19 years old do they big reps on this referee fastest ref in the, in the competition <laughs> what look I, at his spoon <laughs> what i'd love to right love to really see is have so, like an independent roofing critique so like you get a bill harrigan or someone who's you know a legend of the riffing game each like week <laughs> yeah, each week and just not connected to the nrl separate to the nrl and go this call was wrong 
that call is wrong, that call is wrong, and a voice at that level, and then just keep pushing on them, pushing on them, pushing on them, because I think they don't, well, they do evolve and change, which is the other frustrating thing, and new rules come in and out as well mm. mid-season. But, um, yeah, just, you know, there's just no ability to provide a, a perspective outside of the NRL for them to change the behaviour. I mean, obviously, when the, when the greats of the game start um, moaning and and uh, start to, you know, get up in arms about decisions, they make they make some changes. But, yeah, I'd just love to have someone independently just kind of, yeah, pull it apart week by yeah. week and yeah. see how that goes. That'd be nice. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught the um, the Gordon Tallis chat on the uh, the bloke podcast. He was talking about the time he got sent off in Origin. Mm, yeah. and he, he quizzed old Harrigan about it. He's like, why did you send me off? And Harrigan was like, I didn't send you off for calling me a cheat. I sent you off for saying that Stephen Clark was a better referee than me. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so good. Man. That's classic. <laughs> Love Gordy. Um, now, boys, uh, have we have we adequately covered off uh, the the burning issue of the day, week, month. Last thing I'll say to it <laughs> is, regardless of how that happens, we need to be better, and we know we need to be six to twelve points better. Yeah, you know. So, and when we have been better, we've had better calls. Just saying, okay. Yep. You know. Yep. So that's why the Warriors themselves are just looking internally and focusing on their own performance. Speaking of their own performance, uh, we went into the game on Saturday. A few um, reinforcements coming back. We had uh, Wade Egan slotting in, uh, the captain, Tohu Harris, and uh, Chance Nicholas-Klukstad as well. So uh, this is what the, uh, the, the the third game in 11 days. So how did we go, fellas? Um, Isaac, defensively, really good. You concede 18 points to the Panthers. You'd, you'd likely take that going into any game. Yeah. Uh, Look back in the years again, uh, where we've just got curb stomped by the Panthers. You know, we look we're, like we're in the fight, maybe not throwing as many offensive punches, but our defense was good. And look, that last try was just on the back of some tired legs. Again, third third game in 11 days. And our rolling needs to have a look at something like that as well for us. I mean, come on, give us a break. Mm. But um, yeah, their defense is good, eh? They just hustle. They got the, um, you know, they've just got that uh, energy. It seems on defense that we haven't had in seasons gone by. Can't um, talk that up enough. It's probably the side of the ball where we don't. We've got the least of our concerns mm. is on the defensive side of things. Yeah, I I agree with you as well on that um, scheduling side of things. Like, I guess going into the year, we didn't sort of we sort of looked at it and we're like, oh, yeah, it looks like a pretty decent draw. But this period here in particular has just been punishing and, and unfairly so, I think. so. It um, takes the momentum out of just whatever we've built. I mean, I don't feel like it personally. I feel like we've got more more punches to throw. There's the best of us is yet to come. But it just takes that momentum of, you know, four and two. And what are we now? Five and five? five? Yeah. yeah. It's a big swing. Yeah. I would say this one thing. The Roosters... Have also had a similar just in this little period of time, similar to, and they actually play Thursday night this week. We play Friday night, so you've Whoa. got yeah. So you've got us down here in terms of picking order, and you've got the Roosters arguably who, uh, you know, they close to control the game, don't they? 
<laughs> Illuminati. Ole. <laughs> so, you know, and I and I actually think, you know, they just got to show their performance was pretty lackluster as well. So they're feeling the effects mm. too. Um, you know, they obviously had a close win against the Dragons to start that off. Then they obviously, you know, they beat us in pretty trying conditions, but, you know, they didn't look super flash and they were fucking terrible. And I yeah. just think that, you know, I will talk, talk about them in the rap, but yeah. So they, they also have to experience that, but yeah, it's not ideal. But we got more travel. We got to go there and come back, go there and come back. So, um, yeah. And you, you can even um, look at the, man, the, the, the Dragons as well. Like they haven't been going um as as well since the uh the Anzac turnaround as well. So I mean Oh, they got a whole different kettle of <laughs> yeah. fucked up. They haven't shit been doing on. poorly because of that sort of similar situation. <laughs> shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um now but uh, in terms of uh other things, other positives, um there was a lot of I thought there was a lot of nice movement, ball movement around the field all throughout the game. Uh, you know even watching it back on the replay, I was like, there's actually a lot of good stuff here. I know we didn't get many points out of it, but uh, how did you see what we were doing with the ball? Oh, man, we had some clean, I think three clean line breaks to, I don't think they had, they had one maybe. I, I need to check the stats, but there was a period that we had made some clean line breaks. So just goes to show we have, the, I want to say that creativity. We've got some, some nice creativity when we when we look to shift the ball. Um, so that looked really well. The the try that um, Adelaide and Fenua Blake scored was just beautiful, right? You know, some great, great ball movement, great shape as well. Um, the, and we're going to the defensive side, yeah, you know, just stay in the game, you know, the ability to grab there as well, but um, just, just didn't have any punch at the end, just... We're, we're ground and, and I think our game style at the moment is we'll keep ourselves in the game mm. and you know and we did that against the Sharks we kept ourselves in the game you make mistakes we'll capitalise you know but the teams we've played recently just haven't made mistakes yeah and, that's right and just ground the shit out of us man that what was that bloody I don't even know what their um, completion rate was in the end but freaking 93 95% <laughs> <laughs> Warriors topped the completion rate for the season uh, 80 82 percent yeah nice. across the league yeah so. so if you if you complete your sets and and defend well then that's doing a lot of your a lot of your job to start with but uh one area isaac that we need to improve on is the fact that when we make these big line breaks our support play is is not there what do we need to do to get that going i actually had a look at that on the nrl website as well like our support stats are so support assist stats are well down um, people just need to have the energy to to be in support, or I don't know. There's players that just naturally find themselves in support position. You know, the the likes of your um, you know, your Harry Grants or your your Reese Walshes and whatnot. I think um, that comes down to the individual to be able to put it on themselves and be. Well, I'm that guy. I'm gonna find every opportunity to be around the ball when I can. I think CNK's that guy. Mm. Um. Yeah, I think maybe in the game in the weekend, just yeah, just tired legs. I know CNK had a bit of a break, but um, yeah, Warriors could do a little bit more, and it would help their offense if there was just more people running off the ball, support play, because there are times when people poke their nose through, and um, it just people aren't in the right places at the right time. Mm. But you've got to put yourself in those uh, sorts of positions. 
Um, but yeah, we're well down on the support support stats, which is not ideal. Yeah, those first uh, in the first half, those two massive line breaks that we made, it was like I, I know on one of them we did have. Oh, Wade Egan out there running on the treadmill. <laughs> made, it made him look slow, eh? Hey? Good lord. <laughs> I thought he was in, man. I was like, yeah. yeah. And then fucking just like, got mowed. And I was like, oh, shit. But on both of those line breaks, you just think to yourself, we just need one more guy there and we will score. Like, mm. it's as simple as that. And when you're a team that's only put up six points in two games, um, yeah, that's that's a contributing factor. What else do you think Buddha is... is you know, um, putting into uh, our, our lack of point scoring potency. It's a complicated answer, but I think it just starts with the fact that we just we're just down on senior troops. So we, you know, we're just pouring so much into our defensive energy as well to keep keep us in the game. We're working harder. Um, our outside backs do a lot of work early in the set, so there's just really just no. No one, you know, I don't say no, no one, but there's you just look across the current, you know, the current team at the moment, you know, there's just no strike ability to score like that as well. You know, I compare it to a, a chalk and cheese in terms of you know, game players and styles and the rest, but you look at like the bunnies, um, who are all declared in in our being the real deal this year, mm. um, but look, Trail Mitt, he doesn't do a lot of work, right, and they're criticised for not doing a lot of work, but. When the when there's opportunity, he is there, man. Like mm. he is in support, he's looming up. He's he's big, you know. So I think it's just the fact that we are at the currently with the the you know, couple of key players out, we're just pouring so much effort into our defence, and we just don't have enough availability on attack. So, you know, getting a Metcalf back hopefully at some stage soon is coming. You know, it might have that little bit of X factor. I actually think, and I heard, I saw it floating around the other day. Uh, as well as how good would a, a, um, a Chanel Harris Tavita be right now? He'd be that sort of effort guy, just got a massive engine, playing six, would just loom up on a shoulder yes. as yep. well. Support yes. player. You know, because yeah. I think everyone else is just working too hard and early in the set. Yeah. Yeah. Dylan Walker's not that kind of 5'8, you know. He's <laughs> defensive minded. You know, they don't have the right troops in the right places, so it's hard to play that support game. Mm. Warriors, are t- again, Another stat: They're topping the tackles for the season uh, across all, all teams, so they're having to defend a hell of a lot more, which doesn't leave a, a lot of gas in the and, tank. And do you know what attack. what happens when you tackle the most? You get injured the most. Mm-hmm. And I reckon just going back to the you know a couple of weeks ago, you know, you think about the injuries you've had; they have all come at in frantic play, mm. you know, not in structured play. You know, you think we, I think we had a, a double injury in one play when we had. Uh, Tohu and Jazz trying to chase someone down. Yeah, look like a crash. Whatever they did, but you know, it was a frantic play. Both both get injuries. So, yeah, we need we need more ball. Yeah, no, that's mm. fair. Um, Isaac, uh, we got a bit of a problem in terms of creating enough repeat sets and, and mounting that pressure at the attacking end. Um, and I noticed that there was there was a couple of key lapses throughout the game where we had problems with our well SJ had a couple of kicks that were just they were just wonky like they just didn't work. Mm. Uh, all in all, actually, I, I really liked what he was doing. But um, what's up with our like the combination between our kicker and our kick chase at the moment? Because there doesn't seem to be that 
same coordinated kind of approach we had earlier in the season. Yeah, there's a bit of a disconnect there, eh, between SJ and the outside backs when it comes to that final play um, tactic. You know, where or you, I think did he a couple of times kick it on the fourth. But anyway, in terms of the kicks, like where's where is the chase? Mm. And I think everyone's kind of well, everyone has to be on to the fact that SJ's got the ball. It's clearly obvious he's going to kick. Um, there needs to be communication about you know where he's sort of pointing the general direction of the play for the chase. But really weird to see. Um, just they were just so disconnected that. Um, you know, there's a couple of times where he did put a good kick in. We were just lucky that uh, there was someone there to wrap the ball, carry up in the end goal. I think Murata Niokore at one uh, was one of them. He was just in the right place at the right time because mm. the kick wasn't aimed for him. <laughs> um, yeah, don't know where that um, that miscommunication is coming from. Yeah, because uh, SJ historically has been a great repeat set, um, you know, sort of a magician. It was time in the Sharks. He was just killing it in mm. terms of the repeat. Uh, repeat Against the Roosters, he got quite a few. I think he just had a slightly off game in those short kicks this weekend. He one... got a little bit in two minds, eh? Mm. In a couple of them. Yeah, one went really long, eh? You know, just punch yeah. it through. And yeah, there was one that I think were either hot on attack or at least, you know, it just deflated the end of the set yeah. Yeah. as well. But I, I think... Maybe you could say, apart from the first game, it was his worst kicking performance. And the fact it wasn't like death knell, it wasn't completely bad. It didn't, didn't cost us the game, but mm. it just, yeah, I think we'd come used to his higher standards in the last few, week, few weeks. He also wasn't helped by um, one of those kicks put through was a beauty. Um, and bloody um, Dallin just missed his assignment defensively. Had um, Turuva with his back to him and just needed to wrap him up. Mm. He missed oh, the bro dropped like the... a he dropped like a bloody lizard and just yeah, yeah. skimmed out. So I mean, snake out of it. Damn him! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Isaac, um, looking at players who did stand out, obviously, um, Sean was was a bright spot for our team um, in terms of his effort. Like, how did you evaluate that sort of things? Oh. <laughs> like the t- the top halfbacks in the game, uh, I think they do the little things well, and a kick chase is one of them. A lot of the the best halfbacks will chase down their own kicks and be the first person there, first or second, whether they make the tackle or not. At least they're putting pressure on, and you know you sense that he's confident in that area of his game now, his defense, which is um, really surprising after what we've seen from him in the past. Where I don't want to say he's been a Cody Nikarima turnstile in terms of defense. Whoa, he's not a turnstile yeah. anymore. He's got some form. That guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. You'll get to that later. But yeah, his his defense is um is awesome. His one on one tackles, uh, uh, you know, his efficiency rate for one on one tackles must be pretty high. At least putting in initial the initial contact. Mm. So yeah, was, I don't know. <laughs> it's tough to say with SJ. I mean. He's, I reckon he's just going great this season. And you're right, he had his worst kicking game probably so far. You've got to say, Shawnee is in the in the top five halfbacks in form in, this, in the competition, right? Yeah. All right. You'd have and, to say so. You'd have to say so. And I think he also, there's, there's a kind of a want to prove that, you know, 
his he's class mm. and up against the golden boy uh in the weekend you know clary can't do anything wrong yeah you know to have it actually you know i mean clary got the win but clary's first half was poor man many times marcelo just swat him away <laughs> you know so oh, I, I think owning me. <laughs> he was. so i think i think that probably drives drives shawnee a bit it's like well you know hey don't forget about the old quarter they used to call him yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's added a few other um, you know, strings to his bow as well. He's got this low, long range kick that just sort of skims across the ground. Um yes. it just buys the team a little bit of time. Yep. Love seeing that sort of stuff that he's not too old to learn new tricks. Yeah. Yeah. Um because yeah. that one's a new one this year. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The the like twenty meter out and more in the wetter conditions, that bananary Yeah. He said yep. that nicely as well, but just on that kick chase as well, I know people go, oh, where's the kick chase? Like pressure, you know, get up, put a lot of defensive pressure, but sometimes it can expend a lot of energy racing up that hard where you, you could just come up in a nice staggered line. And I think it's more important to get a dominant tackle first up and have, and have your line set so that you mm. can get the next tackle. Because if you, I think the, the, the classic rule is you give them the first three tackles of the set or the first, at least the first two tackles of the set, you go along a long way. To keeping them where they are, if that makes sense, mm. and that's the big battle, right? Is to make sure that you pin them as well. So I think that's part of what they're trying to do. Is is yeah, you know, and maybe Warriors teams in the past had periods of time where they expend a lot of energy in the wrong areas of the game. Mm. And I know you need to have line speed as well, and have you have seen kick chase pressure as well? But sometimes, yeah, you don't want to gash yourself. You need to be fresh for the end energy saver mode that's exactly why uh, i was <laughs> quite i was pretty quiet on the uh posting stuff up at magic ground because <laughs> the old the old samsung <laughs> was struggling bro it was uh <laughs> i thought you meant the social battery after being nine or ten vodka <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, it was fine i would have been posting all sorts of stuff um but <laughs> but yeah i was at the uh i was at the warriors <laughs> fan event and where they were doing the whole prize giving stuff and the the legends and that all talking and doing their thing right behind them by the wall was my phone like plugged into its charger and it's it's, it's a, like an old phone now so you know when you get old phones and you gotta like try and just maneuver it to the right just kind of jimmy angle it a little and, bit yeah. yeah pick the lock <laughs> yeah so i was like looking at this thing going oh man and, and even from charging it in there it was still like just ripping through it so i was like oh i better have to i'm gonna have to keep quiet here but oh that's all good um now daniel uh next to sean in the halves, uh, we've been playing Dylan Walker at six. Uh, what are your thoughts there on his performance and prospects? Yeah, look, I mean, he's obviously filled a gap. He's he's just solid. Like, Dills is fantastic player, right? Like, he's just been Mr. Fix-It for us all season so far. Um, and he really shored up that defensive area, which I think was highlighted when Volkman started against the Sharks. And they just had a field day with them early on. So filled the gap for Tamayde. Uh, missed a guy like Tamayde, especially you talk a bit about support play and, and kick chase and, and that sort of thing. Defense. But yeah, and, and, and what he brings. But um, yeah, I think the only challenge at the moment is we're just missing his middle performance. You know, that 14 role comes in just to give that extra bit of boost and energy as well. So, yeah, you need to have him out there, mm. but it's um, – and we don't have a lot of options at six at the moment. 
but as soon as we can get another option, it'd be love. Would just love to have him back in there mm. in that fourteen role and to you know to play the last sixty minutes of the game, perhaps. Yeah. So yeah, um, that's, that's the only thing I'd say. Isaac, I've got a two-part question for you in regards to the dummy half position. Uh, first, well, maybe answer whatever order you want. But uh, firstly, uh, starting Freddie Lussick for the first twenty minutes and then bringing on Wade, the chef, the prestige at about the 20-minute mark. How did you see that going? And also, how much of a fine do you think Wade will get at the end-of-year session for that massive hospital pass to poor old Dylan Walker? (laughs) (laughs) Fairly big fine. (laughs) D-Buns wasn't really impressed. (laughs) I I get what they were were going for with the Lusick um, thing starting up front. I mean, Penrith have got a pretty imposing forward pack, so... Maybe trying to shore up the the defense with Freddie, who's pretty solid. I don't think waiting is too far behind, but Freddie's kind of got that nose for a hard defense. He's in and around the ball and doesn't shirk away from it. Um, but I'm not really a fan of it. I I think you know play your best players. I know what they were trying to do. Wade's got that history of head knocks, and he did take a bit of a knock in the weekend, I think, as well, which you don't like to see. Mm. But um, you got to score more points to the other team, and Wade's that guy to do it. So he needs more time on the field. I don't know. Um, uh, I'd really like Free Lasik. I really do. But I feel like a bench spot mm. for someone else to take that nine role. Well, do you know what though? Do you know what I think? Freddie's played so well that he's earned himself that make them to make that change in the mm. current situation when we're in the current situation. You know, when yeah, we've yeah. obviously got like, yeah. 22 first choice players as well. I know disrespect to kind of who's not there or who didn't start because they're fully fit, but you know, and he pushed the series had a poor couple of weeks as well defensively. And and look, maybe it is just <laughs> five missed tackles in a row. Oh, mate, two missed tackles <laughs> and one, two missed tackles and one tackle. <laughs> yeah, chasing the chickens. <laughs> that is this is not real. That should yeah. be impossible. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think Freddie, mate, he. I really like the move, uh, you know, given the troops, what was going on as well. Mm. Um, because I don't think coming in late in the game is kind of the best. And if That's it was to spot. No, and if it was to give conserve Egan to give him some energy as well. And and also let's be honest, like he, we just you just gotta get him through a game. Like he, he just needs to play four weeks without touching his noggin as well so if, if that goes one way to just help him a little bit so because he's one knock away man from uh, I, I reckon well i don't think it is an official rule but it'd be one knock away one or two knocks away from a, a lengthy sideline yeah he's a warrior yeah every time you see him get up a little bit groggy like ah fuck, mm. here we go like is is this the one where he's going to be away for quite a long period of time so it's getting to that stage now with him, eh? and hats off to Freddie. Man, he's playing playing really well, and he's making the selectors, you know, make that decision as well. So that's awesome. That's all you can do, eh? Mm. Also, hats off to Tohu Harris as well coming back. Everyone, everyone was like, mm, "Is he going to be right to play?" And man, he went out there and just thought he did his thing. It was like, ain't no worries, bro. Just go out there and you know, casually just just carve it up. But um, I just got to highlight uh, for Noah Blake. I think he's in career best form mm. and big minutes as well so well I say career best form just 
he's picked up his game from the start of the season with a few troops down, you know. Now going back to the Roosters game, man, he played like 70 minutes. Mm. And he was huge. And obviously this weekend as well. So, uh, yeah, just got to keep him um, not necessarily too angry. Yeah. yeah. Silly things. But yeah. hey. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a pretty smart player as well. I really like that about him. Um, unfortunately, uh, New South Wales Cup uh, side lost on the weekend to the Bears. 20, oh, 12 points to 30. That was at the uh, the New South Wales Cup Magic Ground. Um, I'm sure that was a success. <laughs> um, but now we're yeah, currently sitting on third spot on the table. So, yeah, still still around um, the, the upper echelon there, which is good. Uh, and next week we're going to be playing against the Bulldogs over at Belmore. Oof, old school. Um, and that'll be on the Saturday after the, um, uh, the first grade game on the Friday. So uh yeah. Be interesting to see how they get on. Now, Isaac, you've got a uh a, a very uh if this was a wallet, it'd be looking pretty healthy. Uh this <laughs> this is the the expense account for this week and uh we have got a we've got a wealth of riches here. Yeah, if this was a wallet, there'd be dollar bills everywhere. <laughs> Cash rules everything around me. <laughs> um thank you, Greg Spence, for the expense account. Kaching um, let's start from the top. Bad stuff for us. Last weekend's loss continues the club's historically poor record in round 10 fixtures. Uh, they've now lost 19 uh, round 10 fixtures, the most out of any round. So, historically not. not round really 10 blues. Yeah. In other news, with his successful conversion versus the Panthers, Sean Johnson kicked clear of Jamie Shaw- <laughs> Showered. So, Jamie Soward, Jamie Soward into the thirty into thirty second place in the all time point scoring charts. He needs another fifty points to surpass um, De Hamo All Star Matthew Ridge into second place oh. amongst all all, all carries. Yeah, all right. um, Ridge. <laughs> uh, despite the Warriors having a five game winning streak over the Bulldogs, they only have they've only won two of their last eight games that have been played at Accor Stadium. Uh, the Warriors' right edge has conceded 47% of all tries scored against them this season, whereas the Bulldogs' left edge has contributed 48% of all their tries scored uh, this season. Mm. So, Their uh, best versus our worst on that side? Yeah, pretty much. Is that Ever- That's Averillo's side, eh? Is it? No. Bulldogs' left edge. Uh, he's on the Averillo. right. No, that's Elamotti uh, and... I think Averillo and... Kira's a right side, yeah. yeah. So that would be uh, that would be Alan Motti Jason and Jason and... <laughs> Yeah, uh... trying to put it together. I mean, it doesn't sound good though for us. <laughs> it doesn't sound good. Uh, the Bulldogs are tied number one in the competition for tries conceded in the middle third of the field, which would be great for AFB, who has scored four tries in his last nine games um, after scoring just once in his thirty-four games prior. Ding dong, straight so, through the front door. That's us. Maybe he's up for a hat trick. <laughs> Oof, yes. AFB, Aladdin. Yes. Vanilla Blake Hattrick. That would be brilliant. Ooh, three wishes. <laughs> <laughs> you get three wishes. I want three tries. You sure. got it. <laughs> you ain't never had a prop like me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the expense account. Oh, well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Ding. you, Greg Spence, for that. That was a uh, that was beauty. Um now. Another beauty, Magic Ground, Abracadabra. 
Buddha. Give us uh, a look around the NRL with a delicious, nutritious, and tasty NRL rap. And the so magic round. Rap, 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 rap. So it was, uh, I mean, a festival league, no game on Thursday to give the extra game Sunday as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, probably started the weekend with its one of its dour fixtures in terms of you look at the matchups, but uh, the Raiders roll on. Uh, they got uh, they got over doing, a, doing well. They are just yeah, four in a row. Big Red. Uh, I watched Big Red closely actually because he's in my fantasy team and uh, um, got the dub. Got the dub in draft this week. Oh, you did too. You yeah, you sly dog. Yeah, good, good. but uh, yeah, Big Red looked good. They, they actually got a menacing four pack. The Raiders. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a close close run affair. Um, yeah, dogs showed pretty plenty of grit, eh? You know, they're just a gritty team. Um, and obviously, Josh Reynolds, I uh, love him, I hate him, the grub. Uh, I love him, to be fair. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Everyone loves the grub. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, He's like a little was, elfie. Yeah. So, it was, I guess, in terms of Magic Ground kickoff, it was a you know, close fought winner for the, for the Raiders. I was also joking about um, Jack White, and I was like, what does he do if. The Raiders go on a run and win the premiership. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't sign that, did I? <clears throat> yep. And then obviously they got the Golden Boys out there, you know, the Broncos. Uh, a big Friday night fixture, which would have been pretty massive in terms of crowd uh, impact. But uh, I see last week, do not believe the hype <laughs> in the Eagles because they are shit as well. So. He ain't buying it. He ain't buying it. And Barnett. It was a pretty scrappy affair at the start, eh? There was mm. all flying left, right, and centre. Um, but yeah, the Broncos just too strong there. Have any of you guys seen the video of Payne Haas playing in college in high school? The video circulating around that, where he's just bulldozing kids. Does he look like a Lomu? Does he look like Basically, Lomu he just looks the same as he does now, just playing against <laughs> five foot six kids yeah. and just ruining them, mate. It's not fair. I mean, He's amazing. <laughs> the guys are. Did he like reach his, you know, full maturity at like age fourteen or something? <laughs> yeah. Like and everyone like, else is like young um... or something. Had a mustache when he was like twelve or something. <laughs> yeah. uh... But still, the high voice. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> that kid's not underage. Yeah, yes, I am. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mommy. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, obviously, we played, and then my shark, my sharkies. Ooh. Nico went missing. They're saying Nico went missing in the uh, in the big stage. Doesn't bode well for Orajan selection coming up. But yeah, they got um, they got their pants pulled down by the Finns, really, didn't they? Oh, absolutely. early on, yeah, early doors. Yeah, it wasn't even. Yeah, there was there was no closeness about that. That was just a yeah. cover. Yeah, and they as a Warriors too. as a Warriors team, I think they recognise the Warriors will recognise the Finns and like, hey, look, they are also down on key players as well and mm. they just find a way to get the job done as well um what for most warriors fans would really really fuck them off is um uh the turnstile joe um cody nikorima is actually having a, a great game a great little looked, spell at the moment yeah he looked good man yeah he's in a bit of vader form eh? the past few weeks yeah he's playmaking it's funny what happens when you play for wayne bennett eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. players become good what yeah, old, even old mate was playing all right, eh? Um, Ex Bronco, 
Milf. The Milf. The Milf. Yep. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Eh? There's some a couple of nice tries in there, um, but obviously the unveiling of the one and only Val oh, Meninga, Valence to Valence to Fudet, not to Fare, eh? <laughs> to Fudet. Uh, he is a big man. Yeah, bro. Epic. He is into Fudet, man. Holy moly! <laughs> yeah, he's like looks like Mario from Super Mario Brothers, but <laughs> hates the Greek. the big mushroom. <laughs> He's like uh, Greg Eastwood Jr. Yeah. I loved yeah. Greg Eastwood back in the day too. Yeah, yeah, he was a player, man. Jeez. Yeah. Just thick. Like in terms of bulk. He was <laughs> yeah. he was my Nathan Astle in the bloody Kiwis team, bro. Right? I'm like, yeah, I'd pick him first. Yeah, love, him. <laughs> yeah. love him, love him, love him. And as I just mentioned before, I now declare that the bunnies Ooh. are the premiership favourites. They are uh, on another planet, I reckon. Not a planet. They're now in the upper echelon. They, they're a strong-looking team right across the board, barring any injuries, obviously. But menacing four-pack. Uh, no metal. You, we say this every week. You know what they're going to throw at you in terms of shape and second-man plays, and you can't do anything about it. And trail mitts on, on fire as well. So. I had to add something that would just add to the vibe, you know. (laughs) For that big call, that was a big call, so yeah, I applaud you. I thought it was for the buddies. I think that they look pretty good, boys. How did did we see that game? Because it was was billed as the match of the round. I didn't actually see it. (laughs) (laughs) They just didn't really throw any shots, eh? I don't know. They're not the Melbourne of old. No. To me, they have lost a bit of shape. And Cameron Munster is trying to do too much, I feel like, instead of just sort of popping up where you least expect, like a jack in the box. Yeah, I think he's trying to do too much. They they don't see, they don't seem right mm. to me, the storm. But good. Rabbitohs are uh, on another level at the moment. They're on a on a tear. They're on a tear. That's right, that's right. Uh a game I wasn't really gonna watch and I didn't watch. But the Tigers at the dub over in yeah. Hatless Dragons, the Dragoons. Is that back-to-back? <laughs> it, it is back-to-back. Yeah. It is. I know yeah. that because my workmate uh, for the second week straight has uh, come into work um, wearing the orange, the Indigenous Round jersey, orange <laughs> West Tigers scarf, orange yeah. beanie, like everything. All orange. I'm like, yes, good on you, bro. I like that. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, yeah, both teams, <laughs> and uh, we a, a great result actually. Um, yeah, the cows get the dub over the roosters, uh, and well, both teams would probably feel a bit gutted because I think it was just rained at that in that game only, so it was mm. like, like a piss down, and then it was fine for the rest of the, rest of the other seven games as well. Um, but I just got to declare this. Who anyone watched this game? The Cowboys, the Roos one. Yeah, I saw. Uh... The Roosters' attack is shit, mm. and considering they have the use of the salary sombrero, and they've got star-studded players across that back line, that's shit, man. Like they mm. just can't. 
can't put a play together. Can't put any shape. There's just, I don't know, there's just no, even backs, forwards. It's all so individualistic, you know. Mm. Joey's trying to do everything. Teddy's trying to do everything. You know, it's and no one's Brandon doing anything. Smith, no one's, they're just not linking. So, mm. and actually, if I was them, I'd drop uh, Carey and I'll bring back Sammy Walker. At least Sammy Walker's got something about him. Mm. Uh, they're just pedestrian. Yeah. You know, I know they beat us, but, you know, they, they, they still didn't attack that well against us, did they? No, not really. Not really. Opportunistic mm. at times. But don't trouble mm. yourself too much about them. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I won't. Too much. All right, don't worry. We'll leave that to producer Matt. He's he's got enough worries. Yeah. And I just want to say in that game, yeah. To be fair, you know, cows are and shit, but Valentine Holmes, man, like he he took every second carry of this every set I watched that her game, and man, he was sixty, you know, seventy minutes in, he was you know chewing ten, twelve, fifteen meters up the middle. Uh, he was awesome, man. So mm. hats off to them and. You know, uh, just goes to show that the, the bottom teams are coming up again, and you know everyone's beating each other. So, what a competition! And the also, game oh, is uh, the Magic Man, the guy who is like the Mister Magic Round, Murray Tawlangi. Every time he just does something crazy, like Magic yeah. Murray, yeah, Magic Murray. <laughs> XXL, <laughs> my, my pony. <laughs> <laughs> he pulled out another beauty. I was like, oh. Yeah. That was, that was rugby league, by the way, people. Um, keep it clean. Keep it clean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Magic Murray, XXL. Magic Murray. And, Magic <laughs> and the last game, I caught the first 20 minutes and Foran was winding back the clock, mate. Oof. He looked like he was a 23-year-old out there. Scurry. He's got a double early on. He looked sharp as. And uh, the Titans looked sharp. But I went to bed knowing... They're either going to lose the Titans because they're dominating <laughs> or it'll be very close. And yeah, the Eels obviously came back. And but I didn't see how that kind of finished, but obviously the Titans get the chocolates. And although Mitch Moses had his real sickening head clash, uh, head blow, shoulder oh. to head. So for you fantasy players out there, including me. Yeah, hi now. Um, I'll have to take him out as well. But um, but that's it. That's your magic round. That's very nice. The rest. I was going to say, is old uh, is foreign been on the uh, the horse plus enter um, trail this week? Is he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they did say he had about seven right in the knee. seven injuries. He had some foot thing that he got a needle for, and <laughs> I, I feel like they just strapped that guy up eh, and just put him out there. <laughs> Tough bugger, man. The six million dollar man. <laughs> we will rebuild him. Uh, I actually uncovered a Two little tries. bit of uh, a little bit of corruption at uh, Magic Ground as well, fellas. Uh, this is. I'm going to give you this, uh, I have to give you off the record to keep our witness, his uh, identity safe. We'll call him... How far him, down the rabbit hole are we going? We'll, we'll call him Maz Rakiha. <laughs> Maz <Just>, Khalifa. <laughs> okay. Anyways, get it. he came out with a startling claim because during you know the breaks between games and that, DJ comes out and they start playing music and they're like, yeah, pumping up the crowd and doing the whole one headphone thing and like, yeah. Anyways, Maz, the uh, the secret witness, turns to me and says, bro, the DJ is not playing live. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got experience as a DJ and he's like, I can tell that ain't live. <laughs> I was like, ooh. 
corruption at the highest levels. <laughs> Anyways, just sort of somebody alert the Pentagon. Just break that exclusive for you right there. Um, now, fellas, quickly, oh, we've got a few minutes. Yeah, a few minutes to go. Um, we've got a game against the Bulldogs. It's coming Friday night. Um, let's go. Let's go around the board. Uh, Daniel, injury report. Who's coming back for us? No one. <laughs> no. Well, I doubt anyone is. So latest is, um, so there's obviously they list round eleven, round eleven for players. So Metcalf still listed as round eleven, but hard pressed to see him get him get a go. He's been out for a while, but um, maybe maybe not. Um, Mitch Barnett, you know, he's, I think, moved to indefinite now, but they've got the specialist um, session this week. Uh, so, yeah, we obviously know that that could be a pretty big call there with his career is still still there for him as well. So unlikely to see him out there. But apart from that, I think everyone else is still weeks away by the looks of it. So I don't think we'd have anyone back. Mm-hmm. Um so, but obviously we're going to have to find cover for uh, Cossie. Um, yes. Mm, the kneecap, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah broken kneecap. So uh, I'd hope it's not shattered into a million bits like Pappy's because that's going to be a, um, a long-termer. So, yeah, we're going to have to find a, a, a midfielder this week. And he, he, uh, he gusted out too, bloody playing on. Far up. What a fucking legend. I was like, Ed, you're, uh, you're, you're fast becoming one of my faves out there, mate. Um, Isaac, in terms of do we look to make changes? Uh, obviously, uh, with that center, oh, sorry, the the wing spot opening up means we may possibly bump Marcello to the wing. Who do we look to bring in at center? Because uh, saw a guy named uh, Rocco Berry scoring a couple of tries on the weekend in the the reserve grade. Yeah, it looked pretty class, and he saved the try as well, I think, over the goal line, chased mm. the guy down and smacked the ball out of his hands. Mm. Um, I always liked Rocco Berry. He had a pretty tough run um, you know, last year where he just couldn't find any form. Now the time to give him another crack. I mean, I'd be happy to. I mean, it's the Bulldogs. I mean, I'm not trying to shit on the Bulldogs, but if you want to play yourself into – bring someone in to play them into some form. I was thinking Rocco Berry. Mm. Maybe it is a good time to bring in Metcalf. I know he's projected to come in this week, but you just pop him straight in there mm. and then put uh, D-Buns back to the bench. It's, it solves a few problems there. Mm. Um, but yeah, Rocco Berry, I would I would like to try and give him another go at centre. Vailia apparently had a bit of a rough one, mm. I think, in the weekend as well. Yeah, his defensive so. efforts didn't look... Uh too great um but i i like that idea of finding someone to go into the sixth role and then putting walker back as our you know bringing back the impact um from him uh, from the bench but uh key areas of focus for us Buddha. so i think we know defensively you know we're pretty resilient um, so I think we and that's week on week we're just going to keep to bringing that. But yeah, I think we're going to have to look at that creativity, that the creative spark, and how we how we do that, and how we with confidence perhaps 
is not maybe load up so much around our defensive energy. I know that sounds really bad, but you know we just haven't been able to fire any shots mm. as well. So really want to see how they can exploit the Bulldogs. The talk about going down the middle is where we'll get some action, and we've actually been really good down the middle with the likes of Tohu and Dylan Walker as well. So um, we just got to get back to putting ourselves in the mix, make sure you know we we can come home strong in the last twenty minutes. So if we can do that, I think we'll, we'll get the chocolates. But I think we all know this is a must win. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Isaac, uh, we get the bye following this game. So are we just going to just go out there and just go all out? Yeah, if we've got the bye, might as well. Um, yeah, we don't want to be five and six going into the bye, though, as well. We mm. want to be going into the bye with a bit of momentum. So this is, yeah, it's definitely must-win territory off the back of, um, you know, three pretty rough games in, you know, that, that space of time. And, uh, yeah, I think, the fans will be geeing them on, but yeah, it would be good to get the win before the bye, 100%. That's right. Bye week, aka Bali week for the Newcastle Knights. Um. <laughs> yeah, Bali week, all right. <laughs> Oof, what do you mean? Uh, yeah. What should we do? Should we work on our game? We'll go to Bali. Yeah, Bali, Bali, Bali. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Uh, anything else you fellas want to raise before we jump out of here? Trip to Bali in the bye. <laughs> Just hope Man. for just hope for some good news on the injury front, and you know the big thing really is is Barnett. You know, like just to be nice to know for him personally, obviously, and, and for the team that he can return to playing top grade football. So I think for me is that's a big call because if that for him personally doesn't go, to, you know, to plan and he has to worst case scenario medically retire or you know, out for the season, then. Yeah, we've got to do some business, right? Because, yeah, we are short a sure. senior, senior yeah. proper. Positive thoughts, good vibes, good vibes, good vibes. All right, guys. Uh, this has been Warriors Anonymous. My name is Jared Cronin. On behalf of Saucy, Buddha, and Monitor Sauce, who is, yeah, he'll be back at some stage. Uh, I'd just like to say uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, catch us on Facebook, Insta, Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. I nearly forgot that one. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're around the place. So, um, however you want to, what's the word? Consume our content. Um, uh, feel free to do so. Daniel's got, oh, I thought you were about to say something. He was just, yeah, he was just consuming the, uh, the ghost drink. <laughs> yeah, ghost drink. <laughs> Still looking for a sponsor. Oh yes. Tony. Hey. Hey. hey drop the hurricanes. They lost in Fiji. So you should pick up the Warriors <laughs> anonymous <laughs> podcast. Great game yeah. actually. Well, great, no poor game, but great for the, Rugby. Oh, I'm, I'm loving watching those games over in over in the islands. They're cool. Yeah, awesome. Um, awesome. Good you season. seen that article about Wayne Smith getting so bored of rugby now? He just turned off the game halfway through. Yeah, to watch a wildlife <laughs> documentary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lions or something like that. <laughs> mate, you should get him onto the wires, mate. Get him onto the exactly. wires. Get him back. He was he was a consultant there for a while. I remember. Anyways, uh, let's jump on out of here. We'll catch you next week. Best of luck to the boys against the Bulldogs. The Warriors. And also our sponsors, because we love our sponsors. People's Chat. Love it. <laughs>